Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? I'm excited, man. I I, I just love what you're doing here. And uh, audience, you're going to hear about that in just a moment. But Peter, thank you for doing this. I, I appreciate it. I, I I think you're having some fun with this, right? Oh, this it's every, every time we do a, a podcast, it's fun, Eric. I yeah. love it. Yeah, no, this is great stuff. And in November, each year, we celebrate Veterans Day. In honor of Veterans Day, in honor of our veterans, Peter wanted to do a series of podcasts about veterans. This is the second in the series, listener, so you need to go back and listen to the first one. If you don't know, the largest and most influential organization to assist veterans in the U.S. is the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. In the last podcast, Peter, I know you spoke with two specialists who focused on benefits for vets that have service-connected disabilities. Today, Peter is going to speak with David Henka, the Veteran Outreach Coordinator at the VA Boston Healthcare System, where he directs the Veterans Outreach Task Force. Peter, I appreciate you bringing us this series and know David is going to bring a ton of great information to our listeners. What are you guys talking about today? Yeah, basically, I have two objectives for this podcast, like I did the last podcast. And, and the first is for our listeners that, that are veterans, or if our listeners have friends or family members that are veterans, I'm hopeful that the information that we discuss is helpful to someone. And, and then secondly, I hope our, our non-veteran listen, listeners will benefit as well. This is just important information for all of us. I think the more aware we are of, of these services that are, are are just vital for our veterans, I, I think the better we are, we 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 are. And you know, my whole focus here is that we we ask a lot of a small group of our citizens to 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 provide protection and security to our country. And I and I think just we owe our veterans the, the 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 most support, and we need to hold them up, not only our veterans but our veterans, but also their families. So that's why I'm, I'm just so passionate about it, and I think I'm so glad we're doing it. I agree 100%. And uh, the last podcast was packed with great information, and I know this one will be too. Oh, I think it will. And David, um, thank you very much for for joining me today. It, it's an honor to speak with you. Could you tell us, you know, spend a few minutes telling us about yourself and and what makes you so passionate about Veterans Affairs Healthcare? Well, hello, Peter and Eric. You know, first of all, I just want to thank you both for just being the great Americans you you obviously are, and and in a sense, on behalf of all uh, all of our military veterans and our actively serving. Uh, Soldiers, sailor, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guardsmen, et cetera. We really appreciate what you all do in terms of making this a, a great country. And uh, anybody that's served in the American military knows it really is a, a one team, one fight approach that we really build on the strength of our friends and family in the community. And that's what really does keep pushing, driving us forward. That's great. Tell, tell me about your background. What got you to where you are now? So <laughs> nothing terribly exciting, but I'll just, uh, you know, I'll start with from, from uh, 
to whom much has been given, much is required. And and I got to say that uh, my experience with the American military and the army, particularly, that uh, I've been given quite a bit. And I think I could speak for the vast majority of all service members that most of us have gotten far more out of our military service uh, than we ever thought we'd put into it. And some have given a lot more than others, but by and large, it's been a huge blessing to serve the nation and take part in this. So uh, I started out enlisted in the uh, army, actually the army guard in Virginia many years ago while I was in college and uh, looking for that GI bill 92. And what a huge blessing that was. I've gone on through master's level programs, all thanks to the great things we do through the VA. And as a beneficiary of that, uh, I'm just very, very thankful, but I served 30 years total uh, between uh, full-time service with the uh, and then uh, traditional service in the uh, Army Guard and uh, been in several places around the world. So, but it's been a great career. Well, David, thank you for serving. I can't tell you how thankful I am and, and appreciative of, of what you've done and, and what so many people have done for us. Specifically, how did you, how did you move from military service into uh, wor- working with the VA? Yeah, it's, uh, well, as you might know, or folks might know, these are our cousin agencies or almost sister agencies in the sense that the largest department in the federal government, of course, is the Department of Defense. Second largest agency is the Department of Veterans Affairs. So pretty close can there. So I had uh, finished my career here as a full-time officer in the Massachusetts Army Guard. And uh, and at that point, uh, looking for employment, uh, like a lot of veterans, USA Jobs is a wonderful site. And uh, not sure where to take that next step, but uh, had seen that the VA had a, a great opportunity to continue to serve. And in this regard, it, uh, it was an outreach position. There are not a lot of things that I could do in the medical community as an Army infantry guy, but they did uh, create a special program to, to connect with military veterans and get him in to start using VA care. So I, I applied for that several years ago and started about 10 years ago now that I've been uh, transitioned over right out of the uh, active service into the VA. What I'd like to do is talk a little little bit about the Department of Veteran Affairs, and and just my understanding is it's just a huge organization, and I know people like myself really don't know much about it. But what I've been told is that the VA runs the largest healthcare system in the country, and so I thought that would be a good starting place for a conversation about. VA care. So could you give us a brief summary, you know, who's eligible for what's it all about? What makes it special? Yes. And, you know, and it kind of plays into the whole military experience and anybody served in the American military knows that a really well-run organization, uh, you know, company, battalion, brigade, ship, squadron, flight, it doesn't matter. You know, it starts with good leadership, servant-oriented leadership. And Folks that have served know that it really is more of a family relationship uh, in many ways. And the most effective organizations and those that are well-led are are driven forward by that family-style connection. So when I came to the VA and uh, my first few days there, I met a young former Marine and uh, he said, hey, you know, we don't work for the government, man. We we work for each other. We're working for veterans. We're working for us. We're looking out for each other just like we did. We, We keep doing it now here at the VA. But we get paid by the government, but we, we look out for each other. And uh, so as you stepped into, or as I stepped into this massive organization, you know, I left one big organization for another, but I realized quickly that it is about that servant style leadership and that connection where we are looking out for each other. So there's a special feel when you come into the VA uh, about uh, the sense of mission that's there that 
you just you're not going to get as a veteran stepping into another location. But that's just part of the benefit of having served is that uh, you're walking into something that's uh, really a, a great blessing and almost a, a home in a, in a sense or a safe haven in addition to being a powerhouse of benefits and services. Well, tell me about those benefits and services. What? Yeah. Tell me about that healthcare system. Right. So, <laughs> you know, folks in the military, you learn all these different acronyms. I mean, good God, the Navy and the Marines and the Army, we hardly talk to each other. We've got all our different uh, military speak, but uh, there is a joint service language we all know. And and uh, in this term, uh, or in, in what I do here for my profession now is it's what I call preventive maintenance in the military is preventive medicine in a sense, but it's getting into great healthcare. And as I stepped into the, the VA healthcare portion of this, I kind of looked around the battlefield, as you will, and uh, got a good idea of where I was and understanding that. Uh, so the VA, the VA is a big organization. It's got about four basic blocks to it. Uh, the VA benefits folks, the folks that you spoke to on the last podcast, uh, they represent a huge part of the VA in terms of when veterans think about the VA, you're thinking about what am I getting out of this? And, and uh, so any money flowing from the government to a veteran is it flows through the VBA, that's Veterans Benefits Administration. So disability claims, uh, GI Bill, VA home loans, all those programs all flow through the uh, through our cousin, I call them our cousins down in the Boston area. They're downtown, they're downtown there in the JFK building. Now we and myself represent the Veterans Healthcare VHA which is actually the uh, the biggest dog on the block in the sense that in terms of uh, actual physical presence in communities, we're talking, you know, uh, 1,500 hospital centers across the country and, or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, clinics and another uh, 450 major hospitals that just cover a blanket the nation. So we are the actual huge physical presence of what the government is, is reaching out and connecting uh, and, and doing to connect with veterans on a daily basis. And then attendant to that is the... Uh, Veterans centers or veterans counseling centers or vet centers for short. We've got seven of them here in the Commonwealth, but these are uh, centers that are offsite from any major medical center that, and they're geared towards uh, counseling for combat veterans or veterans who experience some kind of traumatic stress in their military career. That's our third leg. Our fourth leg are folks that do the commemorative services and uh, veterans and cemetery administration. And of course, in that area, that's right down here at Cape Cod at Bourne. So you got, you've got those four basic legs of the VA. My branch is focusing on a huge, massive benefit, which is veterans health care. And who's eligible for it? That's kind of the uh, challenge in some ways. One of the reasons they created this outreach position in the sense that you'd think, hey, if you served, you should be able to use it. And, uh, and I would hope someday that would be the actual case that if anybody that served would get to walk in the door. But at this point, this is driven by congressional mandates, not, not the VA per se, but Congress has mandated that veterans, um, you know, it starts basically with anybody that served regular active duty. You had to serve federal active duty, meaning that you enrolled in, in the regular forces and, uh, or if you were a guardsman or reservist, you had to be, uh, you had to have been called to a period of federal active duty, i.e., mobilized for some contingency operation. And guardsmen and reservists, you know, always throw that out there. They are twice the citizens. They, they, these are our citizen warriors, and they've given so much. They give their weekends and they're in three weeks out of the summer, and they lead a whole civilian life. I have to master all those skills uh, in addition to mastering uh, the the art of of uh, warfare and uh, being master or, or skillful at their military. Uh, task. But given that, unfortunately, they are, unless you're mobilized, you're not able to, uh, guardsmen reservists aren't able to use VA care. Mm -hmm. So you had to serve 
had to serve roughly uh, two years since the 1980s. The, the policy is roughly two years of active duty. I have to uh, complete that with a um, honorable or under honorable conditions discharge. And uh, okay, so you've gone through those two gates. That's great. So what's the next step? Well, this is where Congress comes in and put in a uh, what they call the uh, geographic means test. So what that means, basically, in this area, you've got them as a veteran, if you make more than about $68,000, $70,000 individually, uh, you're going to be over that income limit. Now, there are, uh, there are a lot of exceptions to that. We can talk about that in a minute. But that's the basics. If you're under the within the income limit, if you're, uh, you know, you served regular active duty and and uh, uh, have your honorable or, or uh, under honorable conditions discharged, you're good to go. So, so someone walks in the door. They they meet those requirements. They're eligible. What kind of care is it? Is it traditional health care? I mean, I'm familiar with that, but what's it like? Yeah, I know. You, you think, uh, and if you're not familiar with it, you're thinking, well, oh, government healthcare, good Lord, you know. <laughs> I remember some things in the military not being so great, but you know what? I have to say, I had great healthcare in the military. I had incredible dental service and healthcare in general, by and large. I mean, usually uh, most military folks, and particularly in the Army, et cetera, we, we try to avoid the, the medical folks if we can. So uh, sometimes you get taken there kicking and screaming. But they are tremendous. Everybody, everybody loves Doc. Everybody loves your medical people in, in a military unit because they really do look out for you. And I have to say, coming into the VA, phenomenal health care, best care anywhere. Absolutely. There's actually a great book by that title called uh, Best Care Anywhere. And it's why the VA should be the model for healthcare in America. But essentially, what I've learned through my own experience, of course, is that VA healthcare is everything a veteran ever needs. It, it covers everything from flu shots to brain surgery, it covers the entire gamut of healthcare from now till end of life. And that's a huge, huge blessing. I think, um, David, when we were preparing for this podcast, you told me that much of the training of, of healthcare professionals who are not even in the VA occurs in the military. So that's a huge training ground for our the United States healthcare system. Yes, and and actually, uh, Peter, in thinking about this, it's uh, it's actually that the VA trains sixty percent or more of all the physicians in the country. They do internships, et cetera. They work through their uh, programs and services and their educational development through the VA, so that in a sense, the VA has set the standard for healthcare in America. And we know that around the globe, the United States is recognized as, as being the cutting edge uh, location for healthcare. If you want to get great healthcare, you come to get something done specialty wise, you want to come to the United States because that's where they do things the best. But we have that reputation because the VA has set this incredibly high standard for the entire nation. And uh, that makes the VA critical to our, our reputation as uh, being the very best in healthcare quality. Does it work like a um, kind of like an HMO or a, a network? How flexible is it? Yeah. So getting into care, as I learned, you know, it's it, it's an earned benefit. You, you can't pay for it. You have to, again, serve honorably, et cetera. But if you are eligible for that earned benefit, it's exceptionally quality care. Uh, it's just a matter of enrolling. And the, the VA, essentially, if you have no other 
you know, for veterans that are destitute, for example, it, it, it is your entire healthcare package or, or any, actually you could be very well off. It's fine too. But if you want to use VA entirely and you qualify for VA care, you can use that as your care program. Again, it covers everything from brain surgery to flu shots. So once somebody's able to use it though, it's a simple matter of, uh, uh, for example, when I when I use it, I just I can call my primary care doc. And now this is kind of a great thing too. Veterans that use VA care are not obligated; they don't have to use uh, VA care exclusively. They can keep outside care, use the VA as a second opinion. But you know, for a lot of folks like me, the, once I started using VA care and I found out how exceptional it was, I've dropped using any other healthcare system. And I had I live right in the middle of Boston. It's wonderful facilities around me. But the day uh, I, I stepped into VA care, I realized how great it was. Never stepped back. Hmm. Is there any any cost for the vets? So essentially, uh, veterans' health care is just phenomenally affordable in the sense that it's almost without cost in the sense that all the veterans pay. If you're making money, you're doing okay, and you qualify for care, then you may pay an office visit copay. Now, that depends on if you have any service-connected disabilities. Did anything happen to you while you were in the service? that places you in the category of a disabled veteran. So, and in that case, you pay absolutely nothing for those treatments, mm. but for everything else. So I have a couple of disabilities that I finally applied for, but I do a lot of things at the VA as I get older now over the past 50, I'm doing a lot more things. So, but as I do these things, the vast majority of which are not related to my military service. However, the VA covers almost all those costs. I pay almost nothing. And compared to what I was paying before, that is phenomenal. I, you know, as I mentioned, you know, office visit copay, which is pretty much the standard as you use anywhere else in the community. But by and large, uh, as an earned benefit, there are no premiums. There are no deductibles at the VA for using VA hmm. care. And you just, you just can't hardly beat that. Now, I would say that the majority of our listeners um, live in the, in the Northeast. So, you know, some, many live in the, in the Boston area, but we've got listeners all over the country. Is VA care available in all locations? And if it's not, what do the vets do? Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. Yes. Yeah, so VA care, you know, the government's commitment is to provide those services nationwide. And Northeast is definitely different. It's actually much easier for us here. They're more challenging in areas farther west as, as the population spreads out. But what VA provides is care in the community. If, for example, it, it's even in this area, if it's harder to get to a VA facility, most, most veterans are within a geographic region where they're within a 30-minute drive of a, some kind of a VA clinic or the actual VA hospital. But if it's going to take beyond that, and sometimes, of course, in these congested areas of population, it does take a while, and uh, they factor that in there. And if, if you've got a specialty that you require, or or if it's a specialty that we have, but we're not, we're not going to have it available to you in the near future, then, then we will pay for it in the community. So VA, if it pays for care, if it's too far, if it's hard to difficult for the veteran to get to the VA center, or if it's going to be an extended period of time and, and the veterans uh, caregivers determine that, hey, you need to get this here sometime within the next few weeks. If we can't get it for you right then in-house, then we're going to get it for you in the community. 
That sounds pretty good. I mean, what I'm hearing, it's great care. There's some choice. Vets can choose whether they're using it or not. Very low cost and comprehensive. That's all sounds pretty darn good. I'll tell you, one of the things I learned, you know, first of all, again, no premiums, no deductibles. Holy smokes. You know, I've got a family. Well, the care is just for me, but what about my family? So, well, yeah, we've got our Blue Cross plan through my through my spouse. So that's fine. We keep the Blue Cross plan in this case. But in this sense, when I use VA care and I get all of these things done at the VA, when I was paying all those, those deductibles and those things in the past, and of course, the premiums, I'm not eligible or obligated for that anymore. I don't have to pay those things. VA does bill the uh, insurance provider in that case. They pay their part of it, but then that leftover portion that a lot of times that uh, that we have to we have to pay out of pocket it's no longer a payment requirement VA covers that uh, by and large that's pretty um, good yeah and I'll tell you even <laughs> walking down the hall of VA hospital my first few weeks there I ran into my, one of my same physicians and I, he he practices uh near, nearby here in another hospital in Boston and uh there he is right there down the hall from me the VA and I said doc what are you doing here and he says well Great to see you here. And I'll tell you why. He said, I love working at the VA. I've got my posting out here at this other hospital. But what I found out, he and like a lot of physicians at the VA, they have dual posts. And he said, uh, here at the VA, I get to serve, get to serve my country. I never was in uniform, but I've always wanted to give back. So this is my chance to give back to the country. And he says, secondly, I get to be a better physician in some ways because it's a select client base. And a select clientele, we don't, we're not overrun with, with folks. And I'm actually able to provide better health care at the VA than I can out in the community. And uh, he says, I love just being able to come in here and practice quality medicine. It's just a tremendous environment. Oh, that's great. Hey, um, when we, again, when we were preparing, you told me a story about your dad finding VA care in, in, in his senior years. And, and I, just, I just thought it was a great story. Would, would you mind sharing that again? Yeah, Peter. So yeah, I was telling you about one of the reasons I'm, I'm kind of sold on VA care. Or one of the things that sold me years ago was the experience I saw or what I experienced with my World War II Army Air Corps father, who was, uh, he and my mother both just turned 97. But uh, I'll say he's alive and I have no questions or no qualms about saying this. He's alive now because of the VA and, uh, and the care that he's gotten out in the Kansas City VA in this case. And I say that because at age, uh, what was he, in his late 70s and uh, uh, lost his eyesight and, uh, you know, can't practice law anymore, can't do anything on his own anymore. And uh, he's falling apart. And, you know, what are we going to do? And <laughs> we don't have a lot of money on hand to, to deal with this and uh, what's going to happen. And, well, hey, he's a World War II veteran, for heaven's sake. You know, what, what can the VA do? What can they do? Holy smokes. They did everything for him. Yeah, he was losing his sight through, a, this was macular degeneration, but just an incredible story about what the VA did for him. They brought him in, they count, they provided counseling services. They brought him, taught him hard uh, skills to survive and thrive. Here's a guy almost 80 years old with, with the advent of the internet. He's never touched a computer in his life. And now, so with macular generation, you can, you can see a little bit of peripheral vision. And, but with all the tools and the equipment they gave him at the VA, he's able to get online, use a computer, get on the internet, and do things that I wouldn't have been able to do. And guess what he paid for that? Virtually zero dollars. They've given him literally thousands of dollars worth of equipment and advices and printers and anything he's ever needed and, and really saved his life. So 
That's where I first started getting sold on the VA and saw what tremendous care they had. That's great. I love that story. And and yeah. he he'd never gotten VA care before. No, he's like a lot of us, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, as military members, I guarantee you, you're going to talk to somebody, anybody who's been in the military, you know, it really does change you for life. You, you, you never, you can't ever go back and be that person, you know, Joe or Sally on the block. You can't go back and be them. You're, you're changed forever. And, uh, but one of the thing, first things they teach in the military, they, you know, they shave your head, and, you know, for the, men, for the men anyway, of course, and then uh, and they throw you in these uniforms and yell at you and <laughs> give you very little sleep. Yeah. And, but one of the first things they teach you is it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about accomplishing the mission. And it's about taking care of each other. And you really learn that I, I don't take things because I'm going to look out for my, that person, my, my squad mate, my, uh, my shipmate. I'm going to look out for them first. Then I look out for me. But it's actually the opposite in the VA. So that's the big story we're trying to get out there is that, hey, if you want to help fellow veterans, if you really want to take care of each other and give back, Come and use the heck out of the VA because the more you use it, the stronger it actually becomes. Mm. It's kind of a paradox in a way, but it's just, it is absolutely true that the more that we use the system and, and consume all those great things that the country's provided for us, you know, the, the stronger it is for, for all of us as veterans in the veteran community. And David, you, your role is, um, is to get the word out in the community. So a, a couple of questions around that. How do you do that now? And how did COVID uh, affect that ability to to bring this story out to 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 our vets. Well, I'll tell you, Peter. It's uh, it's it's always a challenge getting people sometimes to do what they should do for themselves. Thank God for all those great non commissioned officers. You know, the NCOs and sergeants and chief and petty officers and everybody that really make the military run that that take you by the ears and look you in the eye and say, you need to do this. <laughs> you need to go out and do this and take care of this. I, you know, yes, chief. Yes. Yes. Sarge. You know, and uh, just common sense things like, Hey, you need to get into healthcare. You need to think about your health. You need to uh, take advantage of these things. So in a sense, I'm trying to do what, uh, what I've been taught along in the military. And that is really preventive maintenance or found out in this world is called preventive medicine but to proactively uh, take care of yourself. And uh, when you take care of yourself, you're able to take care of others around you. If, you. if you're not in good shape, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to, to, to do your mission and take care of the folks around you. So selling the idea of, hey, you, you need to get into healthcare. One, if you're resistant to using healthcare, you know, hey, you, you need to do this proactively. And uh, uh, secondly, though, this is a huge benefit. It's an earned benefit that you're getting. It's just this great gift. And what a waste to throw it away. If you can qualify it and use it, qualify for it, use it, you, you want to absolutely use the heck out of it. You know, uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Yeah. It was so, so it's a matter of uh, trying to not selling anything because again, you can't buy it. It's an earned benefit, but it's trying to, to motivate folks to take advantage of this, to uh, ultimately just, just cash in on that quality of life. You invested in this when you raised your hand, you took that oath. That's what qualified you served honorably. Hey, you need to go and take advantage of this. And that's what I'm trying to motivate people to do that. Uh, they need to do that. So it's a sense, it's a series of marketing type events or, uh, you know, we'll do it through, through great folks like you all, you know, probably half of the, of the good work we're able to do and taking care of each other is because of other great Americans who just give a darn, you know, and, and say, hey, let's let's do a podcast. Let's do a let's do a series of interviews. Let's do a, a panel here down here at the library or let's do something here. And that sets the stage to change a lot of people's lives and to take a step forward and take advantage of this life changing benefit. 
Well, it's 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 really it is not hard to do for those of us that are in the position that we're in to 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 bring, get the word out. It's just it's it's not hard, and it it seems it seems so important. David, what do you see as some of the challenges for for VA care? You know, in the near future. Well, I tell you, uh, the strength of the VA is that it is comprehensive care. It's phenomenal quality care, of course, but uh, it's where we're able to provide that care and provide it in-house as well. I think one of the challenges is this concept that, uh, well, hey, let's just give everybody a choice and let them go out anywhere they want in the, in the community, which doesn't sound bad in a way, but in practice, uh, again, our medical systems, in a lot of places are kind of overwhelmed or overloaded. You come into the VA though, this is a select population or select uh, uh, yeah, a select group. So our population's uh, you know, down to what about 8% of the American population that have ever served. So you're coming into a place that's resource rich and has a wealth of benefits and all the care you'd ever need. But you do have to use the VA care program and use the VA physicians initially and or unless they say, okay, well, we need to refer you to the outside for this thus or such reason. But one of the challenges has been how do you how do you make sure veterans have availability that they can get to it fairly easily, that they can access their care that they deserve easily, uh, but without farming it out to uh, where the government ends up paying far too much or loses their ability to take really good care of veterans. And, and so I think the, the secret is keeping this in-house, uh, not privatizing the VA, but continuing on this, uh, this very successful model of quality health care that we've been able to provide over the last, uh, particularly the last couple of decades. It's just become exceptional. Well, can't, again, can't, just can't thank what you guys are doing enough. It's just so, it's so wonderful. If listeners have any specific questions or, or want to know more about VA care or they, or they want to refer a relative to VA care, you know, what do they do? Who do they call? You know, absolutely. It's easy calls. We have the 800 number that veterans can call, just call the center or walk into one of the VA facilities, any of the clinics or hospitals. There are three major hospitals right here in Boston area. So uh, West Roxbury, Jamaica Plain, down in Brockton. But uh, we have several clinics. Uh, we have all across the region here, Bedford. I mean, it is a well-connected network of, of uh, clinics and hospitals. So that's easy to do physically if you want to walk in, but computer savvy folks, just hop online. You can roll online or uh, I like, uh, I think for a lot of us though, veterans, we, we like that face-to-face touch. When I get somebody that can look me in the eye and uh, shake my hand and talk to me and say, this is how it's done, or even just on the phone, you know, let me talk to somebody real. I want to talk to somebody live. I don't want to talk to a machine. I don't want to wait an hour and hold. I want to talk to somebody who can tell me what I need to do. That's what I do at the VA too. So I say, you know, give me a call and I'll get you locked into the best care anywhere. Absolutely. So if someone is has not is not in the VA care system, uh, their first step would be to uh, make sure they're eligible. How, how do they do that? Is there an application? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> like all good government things, we got to start with a, a federal form, right? You know, <laughs> fill out the form, right? All right. So 1010 easy is the form. If it's easy enough. Anybody, again, if you're computer savvy, and I, I suspect most of your listeners are, it's easy enough to Google 1010 easy enrollment application form. And it really does take about 15 minutes to fill out. And, and now they, they ask your 
about your basics, you know, where do you live, et cetera, you know, are you married? And when did you serve? They do ask about financial information in the sense they want to know if you're a veteran that's on hard times, they want to, they want to give this to you. They really do want to take care of you completely. But for, for most of us in this region, particularly, you know, we've, most of us have, have good jobs or retired from uh, good jobs or, you know, we're pretty well taken care of. So how do we access that care? Like I said, if it's within those uh, geographic income guidelines, then, then you're, you're right in there. The big exceptions, and if you give me just a second, I'll share what the big exceptions are. It's very important to know that if you are over income, so use me for an example, 30 years in the Army. 30 years in the army and I couldn't use the VA. They said, oh yeah, thank you. Thanks for serving. Nope, can't use the VA. <laughs> really? And I said, yeah, you, you actually make too much money, um, you know, but uh, if anything changes, let us know. Oh, by the way, do you have a service-connected disability? Like service-connected disability, you mean be a disabled vet? Yep. Do you have one of those? Nope, don't got one of those. Did anything happen to you in the service? Did anything, you know, do you have any physical things? Well, yeah, I got you know these bad knees, my back's bugging me. And this, I remember when this happened and that happened. It's like, well, that's a service-connected disability. How's your hearing? You know, well, tonight is well, geez, half the people in it come out with some kind of a hearing disability. Well, that's money in the bank. Uh, number one, uh, it, through our friends at the VBA, you put in a disability claim, and so you're going to get a tax-free payment. Uh, you know, $150 a month for 10%, and it goes on up from there. There's a tax-free payment, but but the huge thing and and the and the massive benefit out of this is if you are over income, a service-connected disability opens the door to use all of the VA care. So my my story, Peter in short, was that somebody caught me by the ears, looked me in the eye, and said, You need to put in for your disability and put in your claim. It's like, okay, I did it. And by golly, five months later. I'm getting disability payments, but the huge thing was it opened the door to use all the mm. VA care. And uh, the day that I got the message from the VBA that said, "Oh, we've approved your disability application. You know, you are now 10% service connected, whatever." As soon as I got that, I called the hospital and uh, asked the folks in the hospital. I said, "Hey, look me up in the system. Yeah, uh, am I still? Uh, what's, what's it say about me now? Am I still uh, rejected?" They said, "No, no. You said you're disabled. Dad. You get to you get to come in when you want to come in." I had my first appointment 10 days later and no kidding. I have never stepped foot out back outside the VA again, since I've started using VA care. So, so, so the the message really is, is for for the vets, make a connection, try, speak to someone. um, And if it's possible, you'll, you'll get in the system. And and once there, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, by and large, Peter, we're going to run into things, everywhere. Somebody's going to screw something up or somebody is not going to be professional or fail to do what they should be doing. And uh, uh, and that happens everywhere. And I've been in some great hospitals in Boston. It's very true. And I'm very thankful for the care I got there. But by and large, the care at the VA is phenomenal. Like I said, most of our physicians are, are uh, and, and caregivers, they, they're split their time between other facilities as well. Uh, so you're getting the same quality care. But I, I found that when there is an issue, folks really have your back at the VA, when I walk, it's not the same as walking into a regular hospital. I walk into the VA. I know that 30% to 30 to 40% of the people standing around me working there, the staff are veterans themselves. They've been there. They've done that. They know it's a family issue. This is not a patient coming in the door. This is a family member that I need to look out for. So you get that sense. And then all the other folks. And, uh, you know, as I talk to all the new employees coming into the system, you know, a gauge about 90 80 to 90% of all of our employees at the VA are intimately connected with a military veteran. They are at the VA 
good majority of them because they're connected to somebody who served. And so even though they may not have worn the uniform themselves, uh, they're, they're very much dedicated to that sense of mission. And uh, that's a real qualitative difference. Well, I can hear the passion in your voice, and it's so appreciated. So I think this has been a, a great conversation, and uh, I hope our listeners, whether they're vets or not, or they're a family of of, of veterans, I, I hope they have found this podcast to be helpful. I know I've learned a lot. And uh, again, David, thank you for, for your service and your time. And uh, I think this has been a, a great series, and I, I hope we can continue to provide information and, and help help vets and non-vets understand the VA system and, and what's available to them. So again, thanks thanks a lot, David. Really, really appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you to Peter and Eric again for doing this, because uh, this is how we get things done. It's how we uh, get the good things accomplished that need to take place. And, uh, and, and it's thanks to you as great, American, great Americans that we're really able to enjoy the quality of life that we do. Well, David, I appreciate the sentiment, but this is all Peter. This is, uh, he created this show. Seriously. I mean, he, he created this show and the content that he brings to the audience is fantastic. And I love the fact that he's using this platform to tell your story and tell the story of vets out there. Amen. So David, again, thank you so much for being on the show, Peter. Thank you. This, this was again, so enjoyable and so important. So if there's folks out there that maybe they, they have been uh, working with their family members who are vets or they, you know, they're interested in working with you and the things that you do on a daily basis, Peter, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, it's probably the best way to, to reach me is uh, raskinplanning.com. And my contact information is right there. Fantastic. Gentlemen, again, thank you so much for the podcast today and the great information. And our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. And again, this one's an important one to find. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.